Welcome to Meet You There, the Kennett Area Community Service Podcast that shines a light on volunteers, donors, business leaders, partners, and members of the CACS team who show up and join us in our mission to end extreme poverty. I'm Sarah Golden, and I run the communication and development team at CACS, and I am joined by my co-host, Jamie Kleeman. Hi, I'm Jamie, and I am the engagement strategist for the communication and development team at CACS. We are super excited about this episode and can't wait for you to meet our guest. The opportunity to help somebody through it. The chance they might need to help in getting by. Someday somebody's gonna ask, how did you do it? All we can do is try. is Chris Manna, the new director of the Kennett Library. Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Welcome, Chris. Thanks. Chris, to get us started, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So I've been in libraries for 22 years now. Um, I got my start at the University of Maryland, was working there. Then I went to Johns Hopkins University. After my time, I spent time in the library and then also the medical side library as well there. Um, I went from there to be a library consultant. My wife is a professor currently at Washington College, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But at the time, she accepted a position um, at the College of Idaho. So we left Baltimore, uh, moved out to Idaho. I was a library consultant at the time, so I traveled all over the West Coast of the country. Monday to Friday each week, visiting uh, between seven to ten libraries every single week. Um, so it was it was a you know fifty weeks a year on the road kind of wow. deal. Um, great opportunity to see every portion of every part of this society and all the cities and what makes you know this country so great. It really opened my eyes to the country. I can first say that much. So then she got a tenure track position uh, in Oklahoma. We moved to uh, right outside Oklahoma City, a suburb uh, called Edmond um, at the University of Central Oklahoma, where she was a professor. At that time, uh, my son said to me, it's a shame you don't live with me and mommy. And I said, well, I I do. (laughs) Just I'm on the road a lot. So that was kind of an eye opening. I said, "Okay." It's time to get off the road. Um, I had met a couple of the library folks uh, at the Pioneer Library System. They kind of recruited me. I left being consultant. Um, I started to work full time for them, running a library in Moore, Oklahoma, uh, which is probably most well known for having a number of large tornadoes come through over the Ooh, years, which has oh, wow. kind of leveled that community. A couple F fives uh, in two thousand and I think it was nine and two thousand and thirteen were the most recent ones. Um. So that was an interesting time to come aboard there in 2017, as 16 and 17, to see the really transition. At that point, um, after I left there, uh, my wife accepted a position at Washington College here just recently. We've always wanted to move back because her family is from Chester County. So this was a really great opportunity for us to move back to this area. At the same time, she came back here to start the fall semester. I started looking for positions um, at the point that I was able to land the Kennett Library Director position. Uh, It was a great opportunity for us to move back. I told my son I'd wait till after soccer season. That was my only caveat is I told the board of trustees, yes, you will finish the season. Yes, we will wait to say the good, big goodbye to your friends. And off we came. Now, what made you interested in, I guess, libraries or books or kind of what started that kind of fire that's obviously made a 22-year career? Right. 
Admittedly, it was my mom. My mom was a librarian, a children's librarian, all growing up uh, in the public library. I will admit that as a child, I was embarrassed <laughs> because there she was coming into the classroom, oh. doing her mm-hmm. routine in front of all the kids, all my classmates. Um, I don't think that I, I truly understood the, what a public library was. Uh, I went into academic libraries later thinking, well, you know, this is really what I want to do is research and all that kind of stuff. But then when I became a consultant, I was pulled in by a couple of friends to do that line of work. And I got to see the public libraries in um, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, Portland, Dallas. And you see what the work that they're doing, which is part of what CACs, it, it's all tied in. I didn't know that. And I think that was the missing component. And when I saw what service means and, and could represent to a community, Community, it really revolutionized my perspective on public libraries. So when that opportunity arose to jump into public libraries in Oklahoma, I, I jumped at that opportunity. That's awesome. I think uh, both Jamie and myself are kind of newer in the nonprofit sector and kind of learning how everything really works together. Um, it, it's such an important lesson to see how how this idea of kind of abundance for everyone can make the whole community thrive. Yeah. Yeah. It's been super eye-opening for me, as Sarah said, because my role is engagement strategist. And so I keep you know, going out into our community a lot of time in Kennett. And it is amazing the partnerships that we form. And you know we already enjoyed a great partnership with the library, but I just really see that growing. Uh, and everything you mentioned about the important role a library plays in the community, just similar to Kennett Area Community Service. Uh, this is you know it's so true. And I feel like we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a very exciting time for for both of us. But I know you know the library is getting a new building. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, uh, we officially broke ground in August. However, um, you won't really see the dirt start to move till probably end of next week. As of this past Friday, we signed our official contracts. All the letters of intent went out to all of the contractors. Um, a guaranteed maximum price of $21.1 million. Um, so that locks us in. That means we're good to go. Hopefully, we will be setting our feet and books, as it were, in that building come February uh, of 2023. Um, I think at this point now, yeah, it is very exciting. We are ramping up the fundraising component. We've raised 13.5 million of the 21.1. We'll be a series of events coming up in 2022 to help get us towards that goal. But the, you know, the biggest component too, is not just the financial part of this, but letting all our partners know that this new building is coming. Here are the services that we have to offer. Okay, let's start talking now so we're not wasting time when we get in this new building about the things that we hopefully can partner on to offer to the community. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you have any idea of what this will mean to the community, the type of partnerships you're hoping for? Because um, I know the, they've been waiting for the library for 30 years, I've heard talk of this new library. So I think the anticipation is there and everyone's really ready for it. <laughs> So the federal government put out a study probably five years ago now that said, I think it's by 2030 or 2032, it may be a little sooner than that, 77% of all jobs in this country will require something greater than a high school diploma. And as we've seen with a lot of people, once you're in a poverty cycle, it's very difficult to break out of that cycle. So the resources that hopefully this library can provide, whether that's the digital literacy, helping people learn the skills, basic things of filling out a Word document. Uh, When I was in Oklahoma, the State Department of um, Works said to us, we could hire dozens and dozens of people, but they, they don't even know how to use a mouse. They don't even know how to fill out a Word document. Take what's what's on a written piece of paper and transfer it to a Word document. Basic, basic skills that could get you from an unlivable wage to a living wage very quickly. 
that's the gap that we're facing with that side of things. Um, during COVID, I think it heightened the fact that uh, people didn't have access to healthcare. They didn't have access to um, affordable food and, and the ability to get SNAP benefits, signing people up for those benefits in the community. Um, what if there is a disaster that happens in your home or with your family, where do you go to get extra services, extra help to, to, you know, make those phone calls? Hopefully the library, we are not ever going to have all of the answers, but hopefully we have access to folks that we can call and say, we have someone here. Can we refer them to you? I would love it to be a point of service so people can come get that help and either meet at the library or at least transfer you off to someone else. And that's perfect because I, obviously that's where CACs can come in for a lot of that. You know, we, you know, not only helping people with food insecurity and poverty and helping them keep the lights on. And we also have programs that this is going to be great for us as a community to partner on, but are getting ahead workshops under the Bridges Out of Poverty model. So this is such a great tie-in and it's going to be such a wonderful experience for our community. And it's so exciting to hear that the dirt's going to be moving. You said in about a week. About a week. We we can't wait to get to that same spot as well. It, like <laughs> we're, we're behind you a bit, but we're, we're coming and I can't, we're, we'll be having a new building, which we also want to grow our uh, relationships with partner agencies in the community and obviously with the library. And it's just a very exciting time. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you would like people to know about the library now? I know it's very exciting about what is in the future, but sometimes I feel like there are other things that people might not know about the existing services and programs at the library. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as always, the library is for years was considered, you know, a, a building with four walls and books on a shelf. And what I want to say is those services are now 24 seven, 365, because everything, most of what we have, you can access from the internet if you have that capacity. So you can dial onto your phone, you can download the app, you can download our books, you can download um, uh, audio books, whether that's, you know, visual or audio books, you can download movies. Um, there are all sorts of things, resources, the databases that we have. Um, if you're looking for job assistance, if you're looking for uh, filling out tax assistance, um, again, SNAP benefits, there's all sorts of things that you can get from our website that you can sign up for. Um, other aspects of what we offer currently in-house would be the adult literacy program. Um, I know that since, I think it's since 2019, we've graduated um, in addition to the adult literacy, but 24 people um, have become U.S. citizens as part of this process as well. So what we're seeing is a lot of... Um, migration to this country. And so what happens when you come to this country? What is that next step? Because otherwise, again, you are going to get stuck into that poverty cycle. How are we helping people get beyond that, become U.S. citizens, qualify for everything, be able to vote, be able to get better jobs, get their kids into better positions for the future? We want to set people up, you know, as the saying goes, um, the rising tide raises all ships. Amazing. I mean, your answers have been so thorough. I feel like we had a couple you of questions, questions and we just really <laughs> conversationally hit it because yep. I feel like it it does feel so natural kind of we're talking about a new building you're talking about all your services and then again just with cac's mission uh ending extreme poverty the food insecurity but obviously being you know the community that ken it is it's it is as i said before it is all tied together and kind of hearing those options because we can say you know with these adult literacy programs we can refer families that come to us to the library. We're hoping to do financial literacy. So it's kind of, it's all entwined to just get people out of that cycle. And like you said, being able to take that next step forward. And I do think it's so important what you said about 
it is amazing the different things going on in the library and the different programs. And we recently bought my daughter a Kindle and she didn't realize that she could download books from the library. It was just lots of things and lots of classrooms that are taking place. Uh, I, I help out with the children's program sometimes with John Hendricks. And I think they do an amazing job of trying to get a lot of different audiences and going into the park, getting people outside as well as inside. So it really, it strikes accord with me because when I joined Kennet Area Community Service, I knew it as the food cupboard. And there's so much more that's there. So I really think as we continue to share each other's missions in the community, it's only going to help more people. One of the other things I think is this, as much as obviously the goal here is to help Kennet and and the surrounding areas. One of the things that we started in Oklahoma was we established a model of this kind of uh, partnerships across the community. And then we would start to take this and scale it out to the state because not everyone is going to be aware or have these level of services, but you can start these. So Mm -hmm. if we can hopefully get these partnerships going, get them in place, give a model that we can share with other similar communities around the country. This is an issue nationwide. This is not local to here. So ideally, I would love to get to a point where, you know, whether there's national conventions, for instance, the American Library Association, we bring a panel of a group of us there. And we talk about what we did in our community. Here's how it was successful. And here's how you can take it to your community and replicate the same kinds of things. I love that. And I know you're going to have an auditorium in the new in library. That's going to be a great space for sharing ideas. Yeah. So that that's something very exciting. Yeah. That's so up Jamie's alley. I feel we've, we've been able to come up with new ideas, uh, different initiatives for CACs and so forth, and almost every time at the end of it. And then here's how we can go national. So, <laughs> so we always have that long goal, but it's exactly what you said. We're not the only community facing these issues. So if you can think of how you can kind of think bigger and make it bigger, that's awesome. And I really believe it starts like this with a conversation. And so first of all, that's why I love podcast because I think it is such a great way to share information. But a lot of times Sarah and I will come up with an idea and it might sound crazy at first. And then you just put it out there, put it out in the universe or talk to someone and it starts the wheels in motion and it works. So I think it's just about starting the conversation with the different people involved. So I'm super excited. We're very lucky to have you come to the Kennett Library. I think it's going to be a great partnership, not just with CACs, but with all of the partner agencies. And, you know, we really look forward to developing that. I'm really excited to be here, too, because this is, you know, like I said, my wife's home community. So to be able to impact her community, her, all her, uh, her brother, the six kids, you know, this is it, it means like it's more not that Oklahoma didn't mean a lot to me, but when you can impact your family, your direct family, it does mean that much more. And speaking to what you just said, you know, uh, in my previous role in Oklahoma, I spent a lot of time with the federal legislators and I would always ask them look, we're trying to get these projects off the ground. Do you have any advice? Do you have, of course, you always want to ask for money, but they said, look, if you really want to get it off the ground, it does start locally. And as you grow that locally, then it goes to the state and then the state can start funding it on their side. Then it goes out to the whole state. And then at that point, it starts trickling up to the federal level. And at that point, then you can really go for those larger global impacts. And so I agree completely. The more we can get this nailed down where we are, the greater hopefully we can spread this. Agreed. Okay, now that we've covered all the heavy topics, it's time for a little bit of fun with our rapid fire questions. Sarah, you want to start us off? I will kick it off. So we're basically going to give kind of two options and just your first thought as what we're hoping for. Nothing crazy. Okay. (laughs) So uh, do you prefer sweater weather or flip-flop season? I'm going to have to say flip-flop season. 
I don't, it's it's I'm missing it right now. That's for sure. <laughs> I got you know I, being born and raised <laughs> in Baltimore. I got used to the cold, but then when I moved out to Oklahoma and I saw it, it's 350 days a year of sunshine and and. It's 80 degrees there two days ago. And so mm-hmm. I got so used to that. I know it's 100 in the summer, but I love the heat. So everyone's smiling. Everyone's yeah. in a good mood. <laughs> right. I got it. Okay. Netflix binge or curl up with a good book? I think it depends on the day. Uh-oh. I thought for I sure this was fair. Be a, I know, it is fair. How honest of you not to just go right for the book. <laughs> I mean, the library offers both. I don't need yeah, to choose. So true. See, so true. there you go. That is showing us all about your different programs. <laughs> Um, so, island getaway or mountain retreat? Now, this one, I'm going to have to say mountain retreat. I, I am fond of the Poconos. Uh, I'm a fond of an area called Broken Bow in Oklahoma. And then a lot of times, uh, we when we were in Oklahoma, we would drive out to Colorado. So, being able to go oh, up to um, so Pikes beautiful. Peak. Yeah, oh, I, nice. It's beautiful. I, I, that's And that's what I missed about the East Coast, the evergreens and just that, that crisp air, which we, we don't ever get in Oklahoma. <laughs> so um, I, I, that's one of the things I missed. And there is nothing like, I have to say, crisp air and a fall day and going to the library. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, that's just happiness. It is. <laughs> okay. Sweet or savory? Sweet. That was a quick answer. Yeah, <laughs> I really was. Someone's a, got a sweet tooth. I'm a sucker for, yeah. <laughs> Mental note. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is early bird or night owl? I am an early bird. I'm a 4 a.m. kind of riser. Wow. Um, I like to go to the night. gym first thing in the morning. Okay. Um, and then I'll come back, get my son up, make breakfast for everybody. Um, my wife is more the get out of bed later, being the professor kind of mentality, but I'm the... My dad got up at, at four in the morning for 40 some years. He would do the same thing, going to work as an engineer and, and going to the gym in the morning. So I picked up the routine. Mm-hmm. So And you get a lot done. And you get a lot done. Yeah. And <laughs> you're tired at the end of the day, but that is okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're full well, days. <laughs> that, that is a full day. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. We are, like I said, we feel very fortunate to have you join the community. And I think it's going to be great for not just Kennett Library, but for all of us. So thank you again for your time. Yes, thank, thank you, guys. We're really looking forward to kind of what the future holds. Me as well. I hope to do this again in the future. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. CAX is committed to meeting people where their needs are and providing life-sustaining and essential services through our food cupboard, emergency assistance, and Bridges Out of Poverty programs. We would like to thank Jim Lauderdale and his team for allowing us to use the awesome and most fitting song, The Opportunity to Help Somebody Through It, as well as TaylorMade Media for allowing us the studio space, time, and editing services. They're awesome. Visit www.caxonline.net to learn how you can donate to help us help our neighbors in need. Again, that's www.caxonline.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll hope you'll meet us here for our next episode.